Welcome to the Everyday Citizens Tactical Podcast, Episode 15, Training, Culture, and 2023. All right, everybody, as welcome always, my name back is Jeremy, to the and podcast. Host. More Today, I'm joined by Max. the founder of Misfit welcome Group, back. Max, What's up, man? who is a Thanks good friend of mine. Dude, I'm glad advocate to have you back on here, especially as the first As a disclaimer, this episode is Sheesh. probably going to get a bit too, uh, than too cool. some of you too are cool. used to. So for those of you that don't sometimes you just got to have a little fun. Max, without any more delay, Max being the guy that did not quit the podcast. Tell me, turn it down, and I'm going to only turn them louder. Call me what you want, but you can't call me no coward. Strength in numbers, we the people still the ones with power. Fighting fire with fire, time to take back what is ours. Tell me, turn it down, and I'm the only turn of power. Call me what you want, but you can't call me the coward. I'm just a dude, honestly, at the end of the day. Um, I'm a civilian who started a podcast a while ago that, like, had a weird cult following to it, and mm-hmm. now I'm taking shit seriously so weird how that works out <laughs> yeah yeah I, I did the opposite usually people you know build stuff up and then just ruin it and then i ruined everything first and now i'm like you know what actually i think i'm gonna put the big boy pants on you did demolition ranch just backwards <laughs> yeah yeah exactly oh man well i I, I think this is gonna be a damn good podcast yeah, yeah, I'm stoked. I guess I'll, I'll get serious, I guess, for a little bit since I am trying yeah. to be more serious. Um, for, for those of you who don't know me, my name's Max. Uh, fucking Undesirable Individuals podcast, all that stuff. Um, but I'm now the the uh, owner and operator of Misfit Group, which is a completely different project. And I'm sure we'll talk about that later, but that's my little inch of credentials there for you. I, I do stuff sometimes. Special operations. De- definitely special operations. I was in Ramadi, and uh, yeah, uh, Fallujah. Been there, done that. Uh. <laughs> this is going, like I said at the intro of this podcast, guys. This is going to be a whole lot different uh, tone to this podcast than most my other ones because Max, Max is the boys. So we the homies. We just going to figure out how this is going to go. <laughs> We well, just Max, record and figured it out. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. We might not even post it if it goes that bad. <laughs> I've been there, done that. Uh, so, so if you want to kind of just let's just dive into you know what is Misfit Group and you know how did you get to there from you know having this podcast of ridiculousness, which is probably a good way to describe <laughs> it sometimes. Yeah. Yes. Um. So. It's, it's funny because Misfit Group is more or less a project, like a big, much bigger project than it is um, just me, myself running a business, but it just operates as a business right now. Um, but it, it's it's a collection kind of geared towards the concerned citizen market or that demographic. Um, I don't like saying concerned citizen because that's such an umbrella term for people. Like it's very large spread, I guess. Um, but we mainly want to be focusing on like civilian armament uh, using more or less like covert concepts mm-hmm. um, really focused on on concealment these days. Uh, that's kind of like my my jam. Everything else like I dude, I, I love all the all the cool guy shit. Like I've said this on on my Instagram a few times. Like I love the kit. I have it like I've got multiple rifles and all that, but. I think for the civilian side of things, we really want to be the the uh, 
push that that pushes people in the right direction that might kind of clear uh clear up some confusion that i think a lot of the community has mm-hmm. and it's it's interesting you say that you know being the you know aiming towards the concealed side of the community and then you look at like you know what i'm doing with everyday citizens tactical which yeah, which yeah. was originally supposed to be towards the everyday person but it's taken much more of like an advanced organized tactical approach right. to kind of who our audience is which is not what i expected to do but it's kind of where culture pushed me and so I right exactly and um, and honestly like we we would be doing that as well um and i say we it's it's me i run the whole thing dude, but I, I just say i say we all the time <laughs> yeah i know it's just me like I, I bounce ideas off of a lot of people so it's it's like a group mentality to me i.e mm-hmm. misfit group but um we would be talking about the full battle rattle stuff too but the 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 thing with that is that i'm not experienced in the way that other people are like i can talk about play carriers all day i can talk about ballistics all day but at the end of the at the end of the day like you are doing it far better than i ever could and other companies are doing it far better than i ever could so i th- i was like you know i'm just going to stick to what i know and this happens to be what i really know and honestly, as things change, it, it, you, we kind of need a step back towards, you know, that kind of motion and that kind of mindset to remember that that makes up 95, if not 99, I'd say 99% of our time is the concealed prepared citizen. And it is not the tactical Gucci kit citizen. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like for, for the most part, there's this uh, fantasy and I have it too. Don't get me wrong here, but there's a fantasy that, you know, at some point when things do go south you're gonna have everything and it's it's just not true like it's you're 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 probably not even gonna have your homies with you you know and that's a reality that a lot of people don't want to face like we we think that we're gonna have someone to the left and right and therefore we have to know squad unit tactics and you know room clearing and all this and look that's good to know you can definitely add that to your arsenal and it will help with other things but at the end of the day, it's always just going to be you. And especially, and again, I'm speaking for civilians. Like I have to clarify that. Um, there's the the military dudes who would probably say like, no, you don't know combat. And you know what? You're right. But I don't think they understand civilian threat. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference. Like, like some of them obviously do people who did the spec ops thing and were put in country and, you know, hearts and minds, all that different shit. Like I get the, those operators, but, you know, this ain't Afghan and the United States is nothing like the Middle East. And we're stuck in this Middle East mentality when it's it's so wrong. Like, it's, it is not going to be anything like you expect. <laughs> so this was not on the list of, of things I wanted to hit, but it kind of came to mind. What is yeah. your thought right now, specifically as a guy who is trying to encourage the well-prepared and defended citizen? What is your thought process right now with a lot of states moving towards the thought process that you don't have the legal right to self-protection or, or how you choose to do it may be wrong? What is your thought process behind all that? Well, you know, there's there's the the shithead side of me that wants to just completely disregard that entirely and based very based but but there we we do have to look at the reasonings for a lot of this too like it's it's one thing to completely turn a blind eye to it which i've done most of my tactical life um but it's another thing to at least look at it and think okay well why would this be 
one way or another. And I, I mean, I know your your demographic on here. I'm not sure if it's it's a well welcomed uh, statement, but to me, they're taking that away to protect police officers. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, well, that's just the state trying to cover its own tracks. And I mean, you know how I see things. It's mm-hmm. to, to me, we're already at conflict there. So they're kind of just like drawing lines. I think where they're just kind of like saying, like, well, you can do this, but you know, they. I don't know if they're they're trying to put a red tape or whatever, but and on the other side of things, I think it was like Iowa or something. But one state uh, made it legal to defend yourself against cops if they're in the wrong. That was Indiana. Indiana, yeah, Indiana. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, that's a completely polar opposite of what the rest of the country doing is mm-hmm. doing. That's just and I think and I think the culture even amongst the stereotypical, you know blue line 2a guys is kind of starting to change based on the actions of the federal level individuals right people right people are still kind of you know on the fence or still on the other side of the fence with the local guys but the feds and you know federal agencies have just pushed people back into our yard yeah and showing how unreasonable they really are and uh, on on the same topic, you know, when I when I just said like disregard entirely, I still think you should disregard entirely. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to like say don't do that because there's there's something that I think a lot of our community has also forgotten and it's the fact that the constitution does not give us rights. The constitution limits government and it's mm-hmm. it's a statement of our god-given rights. So th- that's inalienable. No one can take that away. And I'm pretty sure even Jefferson said it himself. If there is an unconstitutional law, it is not only right for you to disobey it, but it's your duty to disobey it. Mm-hmm. And so at the end of the day, you know, if, if, if these people want to say something is, is, you know, well, that's not protected by the Constitution. Well, nothing is protected by the Constitution. The Constitution mm-hmm. is supposed to keep you on a fucking leash. Like, that's what that's supposed to be. So... I don't know. I still fall back on the disregard entirely. But. <laughs> and I, I think we may be a little early in the podcast to say this, but I think more people just have to come to terms with that the fact that you should be guided by your own morality. Yeah, exactly. Regardless, I won't say entirely, but almost entirely regardless of the consequences, good or bad, yeah. you should never portray your morality and the principle of what you see as right or wrong. Yeah, just, I mean, just don't be a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, just, just don't be a bad guy. And you know what? Sometimes, guys, people are going to see you as bad guys regardless. So and you might, mean, as well, might as well be who you are. At that point, it's all subjective, too. You know, that's the problem with, with a lot of our um, morals in this country. A lot of people kind of are in a gray line with that or a gray area. And then the other side, it seems, you know, both right and left, they they don't have morals it seems unless you know their state government says this is okay this is not okay mm-hmm. and it's like well think for yourself man like if it's if it's up to you know some words on a paper or you and your family's life i'm pretty sure that paper is not going to really matter that much in in regards to and this could be as professional or unprofessional as you like <laughs> <laughs> in regards to the recent revelations uh, from elon musk with twitter Yes. How do you feel and how do you think it affects things about 
the federal government using tax dollars and federal law enforcement to either censor, control, or track American citizens via social media? Well, it's... Obviously, uh, I know how you feel about it, but, like, you know, what is the grand scheme thought process? I I think um, social media is a weapon, and I've, I've... kind of it's it's funny because we all say this but we all keep using it right um but we run businesses so (laughs) yeah (laughs) but i i really think this was kind of set up for that it's it seems even with the way that like social media came around and especially with like the uh the uh, genesis of facebook Mm -hmm. it seemed as if this was kind of always part of the plan and and i don't I have a hard time with it because on one end we all agree to it. It's, Mm -hmm. it is consensual. That's something that like I see a lot in, in uh, the conversation. A lot of people are claiming, you know, well, my rights and I agree with you, Mm -hmm. but when you personally say that you agree to a terms of service, you kind of give them up. So it's like, like, I'm not saying you're giving up your right. That's, that's a bit, that's a bit extreme here, but at the same time, like you've given them permission. And so I'm kind of torn between it, between it. I'm obviously very against it. Um, I'm against censorship entirely. I think, I mean, even people I disagree with that would say the most horrific things, I still think they have the right to say it. But like you had said, it brings up, the tracking that's where the the real gray area for me is i don't i don't know if you can you can track your your citizens and and morally be just yeah (laughs) you know like that's definitely wrong and you shouldn't be doing that and and even my argument for the whole you know it's consensual like i don't even think that holds up at that point like Mm -mm. I don't know about that. And same same goes for even just cell phones. Like uh, Apple themselves, they they track you all the time. Mm-hmm. You guys want to freak out. I'm pretty sure you can see it under nods. Look at your phone under nods. It's like taking pictures of you yeah. <laughs> regularly. So mm-hmm. it's I don't know. I, I don't know. I we'll we'll end it with morally unjust, but you asked for it. <laughs> That's what I'll say. Do you believe it is a sign of a deeper divide? between blue side against red side or do you think it opens a completely different process that that is not commonly discussed well i mean i think i think think deep state yeah i I, that's where i was going with this honestly i think that it's discussed regularly it's just people aren't saying it bluntly at this point it is basically proof that the state and corporations are dividing us Mm-hmm. That's the thing. It's like left, right, the political. What, what it, it doesn't matter at that point. Like because it's it's given proof that they mess with everything. Because this didn't just start with Biden. You know, like oh god, no. That's the thing. Also, like a lot of Trump supporters are under the impression that the government just recently got bad. It's like no. He was bad during Trump, and it was bad during Obama, and it was bad always. It was bad all the way back until <laughs> before the Federal Reserve. Like it's always been bad. So what? Uh, people give me this question all the time whenever I talk about the deep state and the true nature of things. Um, a lot of people say, in blatant terms, why? 
-hmm. What is the point of dividing everyone and creating hardships if historically speaking, creating division and hardships always leads to a conflict? Mm -hmm. Why not purposefully try to keep everybody happy and at least somewhat satisfied? Why divide everybody? Well, there's there's various different theories you know like we could get real weird and play with the idea of like the anunnaki or something Mm -hmm. however i think it's far more simple i think it's just power and i think it's money and i think it's uh there's a small group of people that can get away with whatever they want and there this entire like you know exercise we're having here the like why why would they do all of this? I mean, really what it comes down to is most philosophies make sense on paper. Mm-hmm. Communism actually makes sense on paper. Makes if you just, sense. Yeah, if you read it, it's just like, oh, that makes sense. Cool. But what what it leaves out is human nature. Mm-hmm. And the same thing goes for anarchy. Like I'm a I'm a I'm all about anarchy, bro. Like, that's my thing. If I was in a small community and everyone was consenting to that style of handling things, then that makes sense. That being said, at large scales, there's just too many variables. Like, there's too many human minds that could conf- conflict that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, a lot of people claim that if we were to revert to anarchy, then most of these problems wouldn't make sense because, well, they wouldn't happen because we wouldn't have a government and we wouldn't have anyone ruling over us. But there's always going to be some, you know, I'm trying to watch the language, but there's always going to be some asshole that wants something from you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like always. And, and right now, and in most cases, sometimes those assholes happen to be really smart and they happen to be, you know, find ways to rule over you that's pretty much the the curse of all kings eventually you just become power hungry and i think that's still realistically that's what i think is going on here i have my own personal you know (laughs) beliefs on what's really going on here but to be honest i i think if we were to just simplify it down i think it's just a power and money thing these people can't get touched we think they can and on physically they can but the cost of touching them is just it's you you will lose everything two two things to that one i i wonder like if you could it's kind of like the i wonder if you sat down with you know the infamous them in a room Mm -hmm. and you could figure out any the, the answers to any questions you ever asked like would you be able to fathom the truth of this world i don't think so i don't i don't think so at all i think you know, on on my podcast, for those who have listened, you you're probably very uh, um, familiar with my term. Everything is a psyop, and even I think Wisconsin. it is even Wisconsin, bro. It's at the bottom of the Vatican. But um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's a great episode. But uh, uh, I'm pretty sure that's uh, opening the third eye. If anyone's question questioning which episode that is, but um, I, I really do think everything is kind of behind a veil and you know that could be my generation you know like because to me i the one of my earliest memories and one of the only early memories i have is of 9 11 when i was a toddler my family made a huge deal about it so i remember that and everything before that i don't know so my entire life and most of our lives at this age has been like 
literally a psyop <laughs> like just everything has been just and hey you know i won't say that 9 11 is a psyop but it was a it was a psyop. <laughs> it's, it's funny because you can even look at the ukraine russia conflict right now and that within itself is 100 a psyop oh 100 it's is it a real war? Yes, it is definitely kinetic out there. I'm not saying that any of that's fake. However, it's totally a psyop. It's just the FTX scandal is like, okay, well, then why are we in Ukraine? <laughs> like, I mean, everything's getting filtered through Ukraine. I mean, even how they're reporting the war. Yeah, exactly. Like, like there's there's sources in, like, channels and whatnot that I've listened to for years and years and years where I'm like, this is reliable, credible information. And then just to see how biasly they report things now or how it's so evident to somebody who like myself or you who is aware of what goes on in the world just to see how different the reality is that they're trying to paint it's like you know why are we doing this yeah yeah and what and is the bigger picture that's another it goes back to it like if we could truly understand the entire this entire concept would we even be able to fathom it yeah and and ukraine I'm trying to understand and continuously trying to understand because it like I try not to be a doomer, but we are very, very, very close to nuclear war and not here first. You know, they're going to bomb the hell out of Ukraine and Poland just because. But, you know, before I, I just don't understand why any politician would play with the idea of nuclear war because it doesn't make any sense like even on on obviously it doesn't make sense for our side but on the them side it doesn't make any sense like it just doesn't make sense mutually assured destruction you have no one to rule you have no more money to bring in your your dollar will collapse like it doesn't make sense to me so why we're even poking putin right now i i don't get should well, he be handled? Sure, but I don't know about this. I, I think part of the reason behind that is is that the infamous them, yeah, maybe not the them in Russia and China and that alliance, but our alliance with the infamous of of our thems are so you know well separated and secured that nuclear war literally doesn't affect them. Oh yeah, no, it, it that that is true. But I also I also think from a second perspective that if nuclear war does happen. It's nobody's problem anymore. Yeah. Like you're you're not losing to anybody because everybody lost. So then yeah. at that point it doesn't matter. So it's like if we're gonna do this, like if we're gonna do this, it's like, all right, whatever, let's ball. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. That, I guess that would make sense. Right. I, I I do not think Putin will lose this war. Either everybody's gonna lose this war or Putin wins. Yeah. It's there's like I don't I if you if you take a step back and you look at the political and military command structure of Russia, similar to how the Nazis were in World War II, mm -hmm. everybody under Putin is crazier than Putin. Just like yeah. how everybody under Hitler was crazier than Hitler. Yeah, that's true. So I, I just don't see a scenario out of this where the Russians go, eh, we lose. Yeah. And even, even the Russian media, I don't know if you've looked into that recently, but they are kind of wiling out oh they're honest. wild that's completely yeah. different than western media yeah they are like the 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 stuff they're just allowed to say mm. is insane 
Yeah, and and they're like egging on America to send troops, and it's like, bro, y- y'all are y'all are playing a really dangerous game. I think I think another thing that has hurt the Americans' perception of the Ukraine Russia war is two things. One, Ukraine is an example of a really big manpowered state who got high tech weapons. Yes, like they had they had a shit military. The yeah. military was not anything until the next fifteen most powerful countries in the world gave them probably nearly a fucking I'm sorry I shouldn't be cussing this much this is what happens when you get me worked up this is what happens when you get me worked up Max I'm sorry gave them nearly a trillion dollars if not more at this point of military weapons and assistance yeah easily but but secondly everybody thinks that the United States that that the world fights wars like the United States does and I think everybody's perception of how the United States successfully conducts conflicts is also very misstrued Yes, because if you look, even, <laughs> yes. if you even look at the beginning of the Iraq invasion, the second time around after nine eleven, there were dudes running around with no batteries for their MVGs and unarmored Humvees. It was a it mess. It was a mess. Yeah, we did it because it was the United States versus Iraq. Yeah, but it was still, a, you know, just a cluster. Yeah, and I mean, as, once once we started taking more and more casualties like the air force was like you know i mean we could just stop sending them inside we could just level the building if you yeah, want we just start j damming buildings yeah we could just do that we have which mortar is essentially teams. what russia has done yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and and that's that also comes into like that whole concept of fifth generational warfare mm. like we're we're leaving the point where we see our enemy's eyes you know and it's like it's it's starting to get a little weird and that's also that's also why a conflict with china and russia would be so crazy it would just be like god's hand smacking you non-stop <laughs> like it's 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 a little spooky so for those that are listening right now and are like you know why are they sounding pro-russian one we're not pro-russia we're not pro no. anybody no. um secondly if you're you know if you're like if you don't understand what we're talking about go listen to the urban warfare podcast because they do a lot of really good podcast episodes on how the russian military works and they have like firsthand information on the ground throughout this entire conflict and they analyze all of these major battles and units that are involved in this conflict they do a really good job but in in short terms the way the russian military as big as it is is fundamentally made up is completely different than most western powers yes Russia predominantly focuses on very, you know, kind of small specialized task forces and then like multi-purpose task groups. Mm-hmm. Like they don't have like I mean they have it, but they they don't have it like the United States does of just organized battalions of infantrymen. Yeah, I was going to say they they don't really use a battalion system at all. No, not at all. They have kind of like this weird hybrid system where x amount of tanks and mechanized vehicles and artillery and a small amount of mechanized infantrymen complete tasks. Whether it works or it doesn't, that's how they do things. And secondly, since probably, you know, the fall of the Soviet Union, we'll call it 9-11, China and Russia have focused heavily in the development of, one, their data and tech capabilities. Yes. And two, their missile programs. Whereas the United States, year after year after year, you know, constantly funds the development of conventional ground forces because we have so many bases and fight so many wars at the same time. Yeah. Those are two major differences. 
and we we also we we used to have a very high enlistment rate too Mm -hmm. that's also like why we continuously use infantry because we have very smart tactics to be honest in in the eyes of warfare and we can send large amounts of, of people out. Now, what's fascinating is China's development with drone technology mm-hmm. because they don't even like they've got Boston Dynamics stuff now. Mm-hmm. And that's fascinating because, you know, not that we know of. I haven't seen much of that coming out of our own military. The stuff that China and Russia focuses on. Priority wise is definitely much different than the US. Yeah, they they don't want many casualties. <laughs> I mean, even if you think about it, if you took away, you know, ninety percent of the US naval power, you're looking at a completely different military. Yes. Yeah. Like I I don't think people understand how much bigger the US <laughs> Navy is than every other navy on the planet. But it makes a major difference. Because if we didn't have the US Navy, we'd be just like Russia with maybe nicer gear. We would just yeah. be a bunch of tanks and infantrymen supported by uncoordinated aircrafts. The the navy is how you know we end up being around the world. That's mm-hmm. it's not necessarily a matter of us having embassies all over the place. It's just the fact that we could you know, we could probably hit any shore at any time. <laughs> so I, I remember multiple defense officials from the Pentagon had said throughout 2022 that the US policy on being able to fight a two-front war at any given time against a near-peer adversary is no longer realistic. Yeah, no. That's because that's due to, one, a decline in the quality of the United States military, and then also a decline in our own supply chain. Now, if it was a two-front war here... We could do it. We could handle that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think, I'm yeah. talking overseas. Yeah, overseas. That's that's. Yeah, no, we can't. We just can't anymore. Mm-mm. No, I mean it depends if if we're, you know, still playing sandbox in the Middle East. Maybe yeah, if we something were fighting like that. Yeah, if we were fighting, you know, Iraq and Afghanistan again. Yeah, we could do that. But yeah, like China but, and Russia at the same time, or you know, China and North Korea and Russia and. Belarus and Iran <laughs> and some weird socialist South American countries who've gone rogue and, and Afghanistan <laughs> and Afghanistan and the Baltic countries that hate us because we did a bunch of you know really messed up things in the 90s yeah, then the, the the deck is starting to even out as much as some people may not want to admit that yeah no and I think that goes all back to our point of I think that's why nukes are the answer right now because just yeah. everybody doesn't want to fight a big conventional war. Everybody just wants to get this over with. Yeah, and it's it's just so silly to me, just in the in the human sense too. Like it's just like really over what over over rocks. Yeah, over rocks. Over rocks. Over SCX. Like that's the thing. <laughs> over FDA. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, the, the, Remember the, when I told you crypto was dumb? It's not dumb. It's dumb. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not dumb. FTX is dumb. Crypto <laughs> is very strong. Look at the market. It outperformed Amazon. Everything. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> but anyways, my uh, my stance on war has really kind of shaped out recently, and it's just like it's so stupid to me. Like, I don't want anything to do with it. No, no one should want anything to do with it. And, and you know, us tactical bros with all the crazy ass stuff like it. it we we just don't want it here. <laughs> like That's kind of what this all comes down to, because wars are grown men acting like children. 
while they send literal children to die in mud. That's mm-hmm. what war is. And, you know, I, I understand the whole war mentality, but we got to chill a little bit on that because it's just not it's not cool. It's not cash money. Yeah, I, <laughs> I have zero desire, nor will I be going overseas to die in Ukraine or die on a beach in Taiwan. Neither one of those are happening. I'd be a proud draft dodger. Yeah, no, I've I've done my time. I see the lies. Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm not I'm not government property just because I live here. <laughs> yeah, I'm only taxed like sixty percent of my income over a year. You mean robbed? Robbed? <laughs> robbed by Taxation threat of by threat of cage or death. <laughs> uh, I'm not going down that rabbit hole. Yeah, I nope. wanted to say something, but I'm not going down. Let's we, shade. We both paused. <laughs> oh, we were both like, uh, that was uh, too soon. <laughs> maybe when you come on mine, we can talk about it. <laughs> uh, let's change to culture in the U.S. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, let's do domestic. Um, okay. One, wh- what is your overall thought process as to an opinion of how culture has changed just in the past year, 2022? So, um, you love to see it, honestly. You just love to see the change because it went from, I mean, specifically, we'll talk specifically gun dudes and then I'll branch out a little bit here, but the uh, the importance of preparation is awesome to see. I love seeing it. Like, I personally, look, everyone's got to step their game up with that, so I'm not going to beat myself up there. But I'd, I'd like to give you some credit, Jeremy, because I think that you really aided in, in you know, spearheading that that entire push. So good job. Um, Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but that's, like, that's just awesome to see. I love seeing dudes uh, arguing about, you know, micro rigs, and then they're talking about macro rigs and why they would need these and, you know, Alice frames and all this different stuff. Like, that's important. That stuff is far more important than what brand of belt you get. Um, and on in the sense of, like, a total culture change, I think COVID and the realization that COVID was kind of a joke really changed a lot of people's opinions on this stuff. Um you know, I know that there's still a large amount of people who are who are COVID idiots, but really the majority of people that I talk to day to day, like not on the Internet, <laughs> they all pretty much agree that that entire thing was a joke. And they are now, you know, rationing and they have their own gardens and they're trying to be more self-sufficient. And I think that is very important. I also still believe that that is a step closer to more government overreach because when we stop using their stuff, they're going to force us to use their stuff because they, you know, they, they need to make money somehow and the war ain't going the way they want it to, it seems. So they still got to, they still got to tax us somehow. It's funny you say that because at some (laughs) point in time this year, I think it was the department of agriculture put out a letter not stating that it was like official but the, but kind of like suggesting to people that they should register their gardens yeah, or register their home setting activities yeah i was like oh no big no that. big no we we were uh designing some shirts at the time and i almost made one of our little vertical garden and just an AK and it said, don't touch my fucking plants. <laughs> Nowadays it's not as relevant because that didn't get as much, as much, you know, news coverage as, as it should have. 
But uh, yeah, why would I need to register my garden? Like, why? Why? So you can come take from it? This ain't a freedom garden. This is mine. <laughs> yeah, I, I just. And I think that it goes back to what we we're talking about earlier. It's just that. In in a sense, government's just out of control. Dude, they're they're wild. They're wild. I mean, th- there's literally nothing you can tell even your local politician that they shouldn't be allowed to do without them looking at you like you're crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> they, and and even the people who want to become politicians, I've noticed like they aren't trying to do better. You know, like all these people who are coming into elections brand new and stuff. It's like, well, you. you you're not actually trying to add anything to help the people. You're just trying to help yourself. Mm-hmm. And did that you doesn't listen, make sense. Did you listen to S2 Underground's most recent video about the Monroe County power yes. outages? Yes, I so, did. So you listened about like how crazy the local government went like immediately. Yeah, like th- the first day, I think, wasn't it? Like when the power went out, they were just like, okay. It was hours. It was oh, hours yeah. after the power went out. They had like a curfew in place and everything. Yeah, unacceptable. It's like, uh. No, <laughs> I mean, even even when I was living in uh, L.A., day one of COVID, they did the same thing. That guard showed up and closed the freeways. It's like <sighs> crazy. You you have to think of that too. You know, I had, I had talked about it on my story today. Like in, you know, I guess uh, close future, you're far more likely to have to dodge checkpoints than you are to have to know how to how to drop mortars on something. Mm-hmm. And that's that's you know that's where misfit group shows up. We we'll teach it. <laughs> <laughs> even like all, I remember even all the way down to like Florida, they had like state police and the national guard out. Oh yeah, like checking people through the border and stuff on major yeah. highways and stuff. It's just insane. It's it's crazy how quick we are to forget or just ignore. Yeah, ignore is what I was gonna say. They people because a lot of people were just like, well, this is to keep us safe. Like no. I love when you, yeah, I love when you bring it up and people say, "Well, that won't happen anymore." And you're like, yeah. "This, you're like, this just, this literally just happened," and they're like, "Yeah, but it's not gonna happen again." It's like, "What do you mean it's not gonna happen again?" People won't take our guns. Well, tell that to Katrina survivors. Tell that to like twelve states in the U.S. where they just do that whenever they want. Yeah, whenever they want, literally. When I mean, really anywhere in the U.S. It seems these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, yeah, I've, I I laugh at that too. It's like, well, n- no, they 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 do this stuff, and o- honestly, recently, like Kent State was recent, like mm-hmm. the, like like in, Waco in the was recent. Of, yeah, in the sense of time, <laughs> they're the same people. Like Waco, what are you talking about Waco, wasn't even thirty years ago. No. Yeah, it, <laughs> and and Joe Biden spoke about it saying that just completely like like uh dismissing the idea that that state police or federal police could have shot at civilians like within a month he was saying that that dude's our president like that's recent that just happened the fact that they still have and never retracted the photos of ATF and FBI agents standing over the ashes of Waco. Yeah. Still blows my mind. Like yeah. It just shows you how much they don't care. They do not give a shit. They just, they don't care. And a lot of those officers are dudes with like, like a, a war mentality. They're like, we're at, 
we're at war with these people. These are these are extremists. They got to go. And it's like, well, well, hold on. They have rights, <laughs> like, and they're not doing anything wrong by Texas state law. So why are you here? <sighs> Never a dull moment when Max comes on the podcast. Yeah, nope, nope. Um, always got something to say. Always got something to say. What do you, I mean, so back to the, the training aspect of this. Yeah, we'll get back. We'll get back to where we're supposed to be. Well, it's okay. It's, it's, there's no lines on this map. It's just a giant okay. open map. Gotcha. We're, fi- we're figuring it out as we go. Um, <laughs> what would you say some of the biggest improvements or mindset changes was in 2022? I know you said something about the preparedness aspect, but let's even think of like more of the tactical side. Hmm. <laughs> That's a that's a good question. For for a minute there, we were all on some recce stuff, which I thought was funny. Yeah. Um, but that is important to know as well. Um, I think just the 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 fascinating like branch out where people started picking like roles, like fire team roles. That was that was interesting to see. Like a lot of small groups of like four to five guys, like they they set out specific roles for each other and that's great if you have that that's great um i i think i don't know i don't know honestly to extend much of that because it seems it seems like we're still in similar spots for the most Mm -hmm. part and then most of the dudes who were trying to actually change stuff online got banned and then never came back and so that that also was whack you know i feel like we lost a lot of information during that yeah, that's um, that sucked to do eight times. Yeah, yeah, you were. Yeah, I only I got banned once. I don't know how I survived. Yeah, I don't know how anything works. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I think the biggest thing that changed this year didn't have anything to do with actual training in a sense, in a sense, but was more of the fact that people are organizing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I, true. I think I didn't even talk about that organization itself has changed in especially since 2020 but even more now mm-hmm. and i'm not one to like you know try to boost myself or anything but like in the beginning of 2020 in 2020 in the beginning of 2021 i don't remember much of anybody ever talking about like anything about the minuteman concept or being nope. minuteman or anything yeah nope and then i caught a couple bands and i come back and everybody's like ah the minuteman and i'm like what did i miss while i was gone yeah everyone's <laughs> using your logo and shit I was like, what the hell's going on here? Yeah. I saw I saw um I don't want to hype you up too much, but I think I saw your patch on R slash tactical gear. Nice. Yeah, know, that that was cool. I was looking at some stuff and I was like, Oh, I know that I know that symbol. It's a minute that my dude made that. What is it called? <laughs> uh it's uh it's on Reddit. It's R slash tactical gear. I'll I'll look through it and I'll, I'll Oh, okay, it's on Reddit. Reddit. I thought you meant Yeah, it's on Reddit. Okay. Yeah, no. But yeah, I, I saw. I think. I think I saw someone rocking your patch on their play carrier, and I was like, "Oh, dude, that's cool to see." Nice. Yeah, people are actually taking that a little seriously. I I still think the Minuteman concept, whether it came from myself trying to push it more, even though I just decided to run with it after seeing a cool meme. Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> or somebody else. I I still think that concept is the best concept for like the two, the second amendment community yeah i i agree with you um i'm gonna pick your brain on this a little bit actually so what do you let's hear it like what's like what's like the the go plan 
for for you guys and i'm not a you know if things are classified things are classified but like if you know xyz happens do you guys have like a meetup spot do you have like a uh you know communications and stuff like that because i'm i'm a lone dude and that's that's where like a lot of my tactics come into play so i'm curious from a group standpoint so i will i will explain this in a method that is like this is the evolution of what you should look to achieve Mm -hmm. so does it directly reflect what we've done yes but it doesn't give away sensitive information okay there you go so let's say you have your organized group we'll just call them organized group Mm -hmm. Um, your very first thing you should do is to set forth a plan that has one answer and everybody needs to get on the page of that answer before you do anything else. That's meeting spots, that's SOPs, that's communication, whatever it is. Because too often do people start thinking about pace plans and, oh, I need my my primary, I need my backup, I need my tertiary plan. And then guys aren't on the same page. Uh, I've I've seen it many times. You Mm -hmm. need one plan for everything. This is the standard. Cool. We have the standard. Everyone's on the page of the standard. Now let's start moving towards expanding that. Okay, instead of everybody meeting at one spot, people are going to meet at a few regional spots first to travel in groups long distance instead of traveling by themselves long distance. Okay. Same thing for communications. All right, we have squad, you know, we have squad element size comms squared away. Mm-hmm. Now let's look at, you know, long distance comms or let's look at off, you know, comms that. Uh, don't require any type of networking or serious infrastructure, whatever that might be. Um, so, I mean, my biggest piece of advice I always I always give to guys is pick pick one thing first, then expand. Because if something happens between you know now and you trying to figure out three or four different plans, you don't have a concrete plan. Right. At, at the bare minimum, now if it's because you know po- counter to popular uh, contrary to popular belief. Getting everybody, especially citizens that have no experience, even as like a first responder, let alone the military, on the same page of how things are supposed to actually go smoothly is a process. Yeah. That I, is I that agree. is not like you came to one meeting and now you're on the same page as us. That is that is a far from the truth. Yep. And that and that goes the same way for something as simple as meetup plans and comm plans. It is a process to set stuff up. Not everybody can go and buy the dedicated, you know, comms plan equipment that you're going to use overnight. Right. There, you might have four or five dudes that jump on that right away, but then you still got ten dudes that are rocking the old style of comms, and everybody hasn't caught up yet. It mm-hmm. may take you six months for everybody to get there. So pick one plan, big plan, easy to achieve, easy to remember first, then diversify. Smart. Um, specifically with comms, one of the big things I'm trying to tackle with us this year on top of the other 987,000 tasks <laughs> I have to complete is, and I've talked to some other regional groups about this, is that true, secure, regional or, or long-distance comms, blatantly spoken, don't don't get on me comms nerds, um, <laughs> is, is very hard to accomplish in the existing market because civilian radio equipment is still so heavily limited and regulated yes and you know with handheld comms like you know you know just small radios 
you can buy surplus of old government style stuff and you can find some uh, some uh, software online that you're not supposed to have and you can kind of figure that kind of stuff out. But when yeah. it comes to like mobile and base station radios where we're pushing serious wattage and, you know, trying to use a much more complicated bandwidth, unfortunately, the market is not there for what you and I may want to use that comp equipment for. Right, right. Which is which is where I'm at right now, and it's rather frustrating. <laughs> Specifically coming from being a radio operator in the Marine Corps before doing embassy stuff, and I know what the true capabilities of radio equipment is and then how limited we truly are. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've noticed that with – I mean, I, I'll say it with pride. My my little group uses uses boof wangs, bro. Like we've been using the little. <laughs> yeah, I, I like them. I like them for what I use them for. But uh, like just messing with that and trying to like, I guess jailbreak it in a sense. It's it's very limited, dude. Really, like it's very limited. With how small your little crew is, you guys need to go over to like digital comms. We 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 really get at it. We've got some. We've got some. We'll stuff. talk offline. You, yeah, we gotta, we've got some stuff. <laughs> you got to do that. Um, Dave is. We'll, we'll we'll talk. Dude, I miss Dave. Yeah, I miss Dave too. He came out not long ago. Did he? I, yeah. I feel like I don't, I don't. I don't talk. I don't get to talk to Dave as much anymore. It's he's, he's busy boy. Yeah, he. I just lucked out, and he's like in my little group. So we we talk a lot. But yeah, he's a. Uh, he's <laughs> he's got a lot on his plate. Yeah, he's got a lot on his plate. Yeah, we all um, do. I mean, shit. But did that did that answer your question at all? Yeah, no, it did actually. Yeah, it answered it a lot because on on my sense of things, right? There's, <clears throat> I don't plan on meeting up with a group. I've got I've got like a homie out here that yeah. knows the the situation, and we have comms set up. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not I'm not going to be like mobbing to a spot or anything. And so you know my. Uh, I guess rules of engagement for for less of a better term it's it's very different than what a group would would be operating with mm-hmm. um okay. usually just bags like just bags of gear that you can hide away and shit like that so i don't even use comms in a shit at the fan scenario mm-hmm. and you know you didn't you never even know if you're going to be able to use comms when this is all said and done yeah that's and, true and, i mean yeah and i i think that you know, defines the importance of knowing when it's time to meet up and where you're going to meet up. And you should be able to do that without comms. Like, for example, you as your group, let's say you have your group of 10 dudes and you consider your immediate families, you know, household people as your primary responsibilities. Mm -hmm. And you as a group set this standard that happens within this time frame for when you go to meeting spot XYZ. So let's say, well, you'll use this for an example. Let's say, you know, we will all meet up at Joe Bob's farm if we lose essential services for greater than 72 hours. Mm-hmm. Or the grid goes down and we lose all communications for 48 hours or whatever that may be. Set some standards in place. Mm-hmm. That way, you know when it's time to meet up even without any type of communication. That's smart. Damn, I'm learning everything. I'm but a man. <laughs> um, but like it's, I said, it's, it's a process. Yeah, I was just going to say that. It's it's a it's 
a serious project to get this going. And even just with like two dudes, it's a lot to try and communicate and figure out. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's also, I think, you know, I've noticed this near the end of the year. A lot of these groups are starting to kind of accept the role of humanitarian aid. It's not just like a, a matter of like this person bad hit this person with this round. Like it's, it's more a matter of like, okay, well in my community, this is probably going to go down and I can supply this. And, you know, it, I think more these like militia groups for less, you know, I, I don't know what else to call them besides organized groups or anything like that. I think it's, it's, yeah, it's less of like an infantry role and more of like a legitimate humanitarian role to just defend communities and supply. And there's two major reasons behind why that is a good thing to do. One, because it is the right thing to do. Take care of your community. Your community takes care of you. It's morally good. Secondly, and this is going to be an unpopular thing to say, but it it is about this at the end of the day. It helps recruiting. (laughs) If your group presents as more than just a bunch of crazy dudes waiting for the government to go crazy. Mm Mm-hmm. It helps your recruiting numbers. It really does. It does. And at the, at the end of the day, if you have a goal in mind, I want to be able to respond to help the community do X, Y, Z. You need manpower. Yeah. You do. Um, so just, I, I know that's something nobody has really spoke of yet, and I'd like to expand on it more in 2023. Mm-hmm. But recruiting is a is a process. Yeah, it is. That, that is a whole system within itself so you got to have strategies and everything for doing that as well and how you present yourself as a group and your whole purpose that you know everything revolves around is a big part of that yep um, agreed another thing i think people need to start pushing towards more in 2023 which we have started to do in 2022 um, and are have big plans for in 2023 is logistics yeah you know i'm not talking you know just you know where are we stashing mres so we don't go hungry but i mean Supply chains. Supply chain. Medical. <laughs> medical. Infrastructure. Tents. Yep. You know, trailers. Maps. All of it. Everything. Yeah, it's, I, I think, um, in order for a society to continue in the absence of a government, it's, it's necessary. And, you know, <clears throat> I'm, not, I'm not saying that the government's going to disappear, but what I am saying is they may turn their back on you. And you still have to give yourself that aid and understand where to get said aid in the case that it is not handed to you. (laughs) And it all starts with planning for that now. Yeah. If I can tell any, if I can, if you're listening and you have your little group or whatever, your little community group, start a group fund and and come to a decision that everybody donates to the fund X amount of dollars every single month. That's smart. If you got 10 dudes and all of you donate $20 a month, that's $200 a month. In three months, you have essentially a full loadout field medic bag, or you have two support personnel style tents, or you have whatever, blah, blah, blah. Like me and my local guys, we all just went in on tracer rounds for the LSW gunner. Smart. Like, I mean, the amount of stuff that we diversify in, we've got medical, we've got support and logistics, we're going in on ammo together, you know, it's, we do a ton of different stuff, comms, all of it. It's all about, you You can accomplish a lot more as a group than you can individually. Yes, absolutely. 
And it's harder for me to go, all right, Max, you take on this $450 project by yourself. And then <laughs> Tanner, you take on this $600 project. And then I'm going to yep. do this $350 project and this $250 project. Mm-hmm. When in reality, I can say, hey, guys, give me $20 a month. Let's set some goals. And then when we get there, we get there. Yeah. That's a it's- that's a that's a easier pill to swallow. Yeah. Yeah, and like you had said too, it helps with recruiting as well. It's like, and obviously, it's not like a you you got to pay to be in, but like it's it's a it makes more sense long term than it does all up front because mm-hmm. it's like, well, if, what if I don't like these guys in like three months? It's like, well, I'm only out sixty bucks, yeah. <laughs> and and I got some training out of it. What do you think changes as we move towards twenty twenty three? In, in retrospect to the 2A and mm-hmm. training and culture and all that, what are major well, I, changes you foresee? I've got a few. Um, and I, th- I think uh, non-compliance is just going to get larger and larger at this point. Like mm-hmm. the, the, the more new gun owners entering the market means the more people understanding gun laws. Mm-hmm. And mm, that's pretty much just going to, welcome a uh, a culture of just uh ungovernable people so i think for the most part i mean i don't think the nfa is going to disappear but i think there's going to be a lot of ways around it coming up um so it's funny you mentioned that because i was reading so apparently the, the january 6th committee dropped oh god the the dropped the subpoena against trump this isn't a discussion about trump but it's more about like what you just talked about they dropped it apparently they dropped it Whoa. Yeah. That was like last night news. Um, Supposedly, the thought process behind it is that they were less worried about not being able to actually charge Trump, but they were legitimately more concerned about the outrage and potential backlash from right-wing militias and other organized groups. Oh, shit. So if that's true... That goes to show you that they they understand they're playing you know the mess around and find out game. Yeah, and yeah. They've got to weigh their options carefully. Uh, carefully. That's Damn. not to say that that your card may never get pulled one day. Yeah, yeah. But because you're not Donald Trump. No, no, you're <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> like him or dislike him, but it just goes to show you that sometimes you know violence and war is not necessarily required. Sometimes just being presented as an alternative that is unfavorable can yeah. change the course of history. But anyway, Just go ahead. Show your teeth a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what that goes towards. I think more people. I think more people are going to be showing their teeth a little bit. I I think. Um, I don't think like gun laws are going to get any better, but I think the cultural acceptance is going to get far better, and probably pro gun states are going to be way more pro gun. Um, but. I think I think uh, we are moving towards a more covert um, strategy. It seems, and and maybe it's just because I look at the dudes over at Drop Six way too much, mm-hmm. but like the stuff that that these guys are doing, man. Like this guy had an entire kit on. and like you could not tell he had comms running up to his ears, and you couldn't see him. He had, you know, an entire rifle stowed 
and and it's I think we're moving closer towards that. I think that's that's the Minuteman that I know is like the 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 citizen that you wouldn't even know has all all this stuff just waiting to rock and and like i under you know i'm i'm kind of a, a bad example because i wear <laughs> you know arcteryx everywhere and i'm i'm wearing you know keens and i've got a flat pack on 24 7 but like i i think people are going to start like realizing that the the gray man isn't a sore thumb like people think they are like they don't stick out very much and I, I think I, at least that's where I want it to go. I want people to start moving more towards that that ready whenever mentality, even if I've got nods or not. Mm-hmm. If you got nods or not, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was a really weird forty eight hours on Instagram. <laughs> that was so weird, dude. That was weird. I'll talk about that real quick. I'll make it fast. The, some go dudes ahead. were saying that uh, if you don't have night vision, you're not a a. Uh, what was it? It was like you're, you're, not, you're a, not. You're not a combatant. Yeah, you're not a combatant. You're not battle ready if you don't have nods. Uh, that's stupid. Tell that, <laughs> tell that to literally all of Russia's military. What happens when I turn the lights on? Oops. <laughs> Which, by all means, night vision is extremely helpful. Extremely important. But there is so much more that goes into it. Like that. Yeah. I, I think I, I think that whole thing might have been started as a bit of a troll. I'm not entirely sure. Still, I don't know but, either. But there was some. That's the thing is, Instagram's confusing. Exactly. Um, some people took it very serious, and I was like, "This is what we're focusing on, guys." Yeah, yeah. So, so many people in the comments of that thing, they were just like, "Exactly." Like, what are you talking about? You understand that nods can be a disadvantage too, right? Like, there's so many ways to mess with nods. <laughs> like, if I know you have night vision on, like, I'm just gonna blind you. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. What? Um. Oh, oh yawn. Um. Tired little guy. Um, yeah, sleepy what, Jeremy. <laughs> what do you think about the development in our counterparts as far as two A culture goes? Ah, so we're talking about like Antifa. Antifa, yeah. Especially, so, especially like all these different transgender and drag show events recently. Like they're kind of yeah. Mean, as goofy as they look. They're showing out in kit. They're sh- <laughs> yeah, and they are, they are kitted out. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that dude had a nice plate carrier. <laughs> like, yeah. That was not cheap. Like, I know, I know nice... exactly. I know exactly what photo you're talking about. Yeah, that dude had a nice plate carrier on, and that was kind of shocking, and not shocking to the extent that like you know, they're armed. I've known that the Antifa and idiots like the NFAC, you know, group they they're armed and they're on the opposite side of us. But I think that one kind of shocked me a little bit because the dude did his research. Mm-hmm. Like he looked or, or, you know, he, he could be prior military for all I know, but like, that's, I, I'm pretty sure he was rocking like a warrior assault systems or something. Wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Like that was nice. He had a nice little kit. Yeah. A nice little kit. And you know, he's got a big trans flag on his, on his plate carrier. And that's just, like, it wasn't really shocking. It was more so like, Oh, so that's where we're at. Okay. That's pretty weird. I don't know why we would shoot each other over that. That's silly. Um, another, I don't big, know. Another big thing to realize is right now, fighting for both Ukraine and Russia, both 
the left-wing crazies and the right-wing crazies in the U.S. have voluntarily gone over there specifically just to get experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this isn't the first war they've done that in, but, it, I mean, those numbers are really heavy right now. Yeah, that's... I mean, first of all, that's stupid. You know, really like, dumb. it's really stupid because you have just increased the chance of death by, like, nine thousands of percent. Like... And to say that you're doing it for experience, it's like, well, that you're on the forefront of a peer-to-peer conflict. Now, that being said, pretty good experience if you come back. I mean, that's pretty solid. But again, like what we were talking about earlier, I don't think a conflict here would be anything like Ukraine and Russia. No, I think it would be it's more or less IRA than it would be uh, Ukrainians depending on it's it's always a dependent on how it goes down or the state <laughs> depending on which state you're in <laughs> that's that's always the kicker and like <laughs> and i mean this in the literal fact of the state is we always talk about the state the state being against us and we always talk about like the left-wing militias taking over for some yeah. communist revolution or whatever what if it's both at the same time that's a hell of a conflict oh dude well it would be that's the thing that people don't want to talk about too it's like I think a great example is uh, it's it's dorky, but The Last of Us. Mm. Uh, did, did you happen to play The Last of Us? Uh, I played bits and pieces of it, but I have okay. not played it start to finish. That's totally fine. All you need is the, like the first ten minutes. <laughs> what people what people like forget is that even in that game, like while the world is completely collapsed, like the UN is still around. Mm-hmm. like really powerful governments will still exist and oh, they yeah. will still be doing it. So, you know, to say that like the government wouldn't get involved is just insane. So that's why civil war is just such a stupid idea. It's, it's not only a conflict against a, a, a serious military, but a conflict against each other on top of that. When there's there's a group of people who started all of that in the first place, and no one's angry at them. Mm-hmm. It's like that doesn't make sense. You can't you, like, I feel for the leftists, man. I really do, especially the the militant ones because they're just so lost. They're just so brainwashed on what's going on. It's like you're gonna kill someone over over a child's right to cut their genitals off, really, but you're not gonna get angry about a sixty percent tax. Like seriously, like that's mm-hmm. what we're upset about. Do do you think there is a scenario that plays out where the left side radical militants are on the same side as the state? Um, I do. Well, it's I think I I think it's fifty fifty because yeah, like as as a whole, maybe not, but I think there would be definitely like sleeper groups. What's Um, what's what's weird is that. Large corporations and even like our own federal politicians, like look at 2020, backed that stuff so hard. Yep. But at the same time, the true actions that come of these groups do not work out in favor of the state. No, yeah, no, no, it doesn't. So it's a very, conf- it's like it's very confusing. I, I have never been able to make sense of it. You know, you know, I, I'm glad you brought up corporations because they're kind of the leaders of most of this. There's there's a great book that I would recommend a lot of people read, and it's called We the Corporations, and it explains how corporations actually have rights as individual humans in the United States. Um, 
fascinating read. It'll make you angry. Um, <clears throat> but these these I, I, I start to wonder these days whether or not it's the corporations that are thems or if it's the government that are the thems. I'm wondering where the line actually is these days. And look, I'm very, very pro capitalism. I think that is probably the best economic, you know, uh, uh, philosophy that we could use. That being said, we don't live in a capitalist society. We are not in a capitalist society at all. At so all. it's we are in a, a corporate oligarchy. That's what we're in. It it kind of all goes back to like even as something as simple as the whole Epstein stuff. Oh yeah. Like there are just there are plans taking place involved with people you don't know about that you 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 can't control. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so no much uncertainty. One, no one can control them. That's kind of the the kicker there. And and that's also why, you know, that earlier question of like, why would they do all this? It, it's still I think it's still just power. I think it's this weird cult mentality of I'm more important. I, you know, I need X, Y, Z. I don't care who dies. Well, I mean, that's even the that's even the thought process of a lot of people today. I yes. am more. I am more important. So it's not absurd to think that the infamous them have that same mindset. Yeah, no. And they're just they're, better at it. They're humans. You know, that's the that's the thing. They have human mentality. And and that's uh, <laughs> interesting to think about because it's like I, I, our basic human minds can't rationalize the stupid stuff they're doing. So, like, what do they know? <laughs> like, what do they know that we don't know? Where the hell is Wisconsin? Where is Wisconsin? Where is that? I need I, answers. Get the Pope I, on the line. Jamie, pull that up. I couldn't. I couldn't tell you. I needed Jamie <laughs> to reference we'll all this Dave craziness. <laughs> Dave can be the, the the Jamie to our podcast. <laughs> Davey, pull that up. <laughs> Davey, pull that up. <laughs> I, I don't know. the The future is full of so much uncertainty. Do you remember all of our conversations we had at like the beginning? of 2022 and like even in 2021 just talking about the world and everything oh yeah oh yeah we still have them we still have we 100 we <laughs> still have them but it's like it's just crazy to think how much stuff has continued to change since we've started having those conversations yeah. and and that's also I'll, I'll add this that's also why i have a hard time with like the question of like when's when's it gonna go south it's like dude i thought it was gonna go south three years ago well like, yeah, like and i don't know I think we I think what we are seeing now is the reality of SHTF that it's mm -hmm. not what we read in textbooks where it seems like things happened overnight. Yeah. Like like you you are very poorly taught about the US Revolution in school cuz yes. the whole lead up to the US Revolution was almost like a 20 year process. It, probably more. And and yes, things are expedited expedited through technology much uh, at a much faster pace now, mm -hmm. but things don't happen overnight. And, I mean, and with technology, we we think that things happen faster now because we see everything. Yes, and we very. <laughs> I, I'm still convinced that we very narrowly escaped a potential tipping point this fall and winter by, you know, with the whole railroad situation. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think people truly understand how important the railroad system is. Like if mm -hmm. that would if if they would have if they would have just said, you know, F it, we ball 
and went on strike regardless of what Congress had to say. Yeah. Like, shit would have been weird. It would have gotten pretty shit interesting. Been weird. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're so comfortable, you know, like we, <laughs> even the hardest of hardships these days in the United States, like we are so comfortable, man. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and we don't even know how bad it can actually get. <laughs> no, but I think that's one of the craziest things about the Ukraine Russia war right now is the real time footage we're getting out of there in full color, the nitty gritty bits of everything. Yep. Like there are entire just regions of Ukraine that have no water, no electricity. Towns are literally just blown up concrete and brick yep. and wood. It's, it's so it's messed wild, up. and nobody and nobody in the U.S. comprehends it. Yeah. I said that I said this when that this war started that nobody would ever truly be able, nobody truly f- understood that there is a major ground war going on between Western countries in mm-hmm. Europe. Yep. There, I'll say that again. There is a ground war <laughs> in Europe <laughs> between <laughs> the second largest country in Europe and Russia. Yeah. That's a wild concept to say out loud. It, and, we're, and we're in a just, wild time. And we're just over here eating Doritos and shit. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, we're <laughs> talking about stupid shit. That doesn't matter. <laughs> it's like, it's crazy. Yeah, it's it can get so bad so quick. And, and you know, part of our objective, and I'm sure it's your objective as well, is to really just kind of shed light on that. Just really remind people that, you know, I, I personally don't think that that things are going to get as bad as it is in Ukraine overnight, just because we don't have the, you know, years and years of buildup that Ukraine and Russia had. Like we have buildup for sure, but it's not as kinetic as they were having it. <clears throat> but this can all go away like really quick, really, really quick. And even just with the EMP, like <laughs> it can go away all of it. I've always thought about like an EMP, like if, if a, a serious regional or even nationwide EMP went off, like how screwed even like 95% of my own plans would be. Oh yeah. I think of that too. I'm like, well, that pretty much sends everything out the door. Like, like we, we, we would be literal, we would be it. literal stone age. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be a caveman. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> I'd be looking at my EOTech like, damn, this don't work no more. <laughs> the the watch on my wrist doesn't even work. I don't even yeah. know what day of the week it is. Yeah. Has it been two months or two hours? I don't know. I don't have a printed calendar around my house. I can't look at Instagram. I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's wild. Yeah, it's it's pretty rough. But on, Amber- on, uh, on the topic, actually, of... Uh, shit going south and you had mentioned revolution I just remembered this mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, I have a question for you what did the American revolutionaries have to do in order to face the greatest military power there is uh, two things one have a giant ocean between them and the mainland force that they were fighting facts uh, and two have the support of many, many countries. Yeah, France, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, when you look at it, if it wasn't for that big-ass ocean and it wasn't for France and Spain and mm-hmm. all these other countries supporting us, like, it don't look good. Yeah, it wouldn't look good. 
But with the tactics of what they did, they had to learn from Native American tribes mm, yes, how, how they fought. Mm-hmm. And they had to learn how they hunted. They like it wasn't really a matter of like, you know, this is how tribes fight. They learned how they hunted. Mm-hmm. And basically, if we were to translate that to modern terms, they found a new way to fight. And yeah. it, it was unlike anything their military had or the British military had fought at the time. And that's where I think we're going to be going. I think we're going to be going more towards not even guerrilla tactics. I think it's going to be something different. This new wave of fighting I think we have to find. And I think that also answers your earlier question of where the gun guys are going. I think we got to find a new way to fight. Mm-hmm. Two two things on that. One, a lot of today's military manuals and documentation specifically goes back to our own revolution. Yeah, it does. And and the basically what the development was of the very first guerrilla warfare yep. system of fighting, um, which is absolutely wild like they, i mean they're they still quote and focus on the swamp fox and the militias of south carolina yeah it, like it was effective very effective yeah. but crazy. it's unfortunate because they know that <laughs> you they, know it's like if we were to get into a kinetic conflict and i don't like playing with the idea but if we were it would like they already know how to handle that stuff like really well well, so and I think, yeah, go ahead. I was talking about this earlier with one of my buddies. I don't. This may be controversial. I don't think if ever if 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 the time came and people started putting their foot down, I don't think the infamous they have an honest chance of winning. Oh no! And like, I think all. they know that. Like I mean, even if you took like less than 5% of the U.S. population and 5, 5% of us said, this is enough of this shit. Yeah. I'm done. That's 18 million dudes. Yeah, that still outnumbers the military and police. Like, I mean, especially in, like, areas like, let's take Kentucky, for example. You think the feds care about Kentucky? <laughs> the answer is no. <laughs> the care answer, about Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> Idaho, maybe. Kentucky? <laughs> No. Yeah, no. So then you got to rely on what National Guard wasn't mobilized at the federal level and the state police? Nah. Yeah. <laughs> nah. Yeah, like it, that's just it's just I don't I think, think people I don't think people think about that enough. Like you have we have so much power in number. Yeah. Even it's, just it, with plate carriers. It, <laughs> it it comes down to like I legitimately think if it got to that point first conflict they'd be like okay hold on hold on hold on hold on like we gotta we gotta be careful here we gotta stop we gotta back it up yeah (laughs) yeah we gotta back it up because if this gets bigger than this we're (laughs) yeah like it's cool when like you know 20 f 20 atf agents show up to your house but it's not cool when 500 community members show up to yeah to the house they're trying to raid and it's like oh we underestimated the situation We probably should have done some logistics. <laughs> I mean, even look at Lexington and Concord through our own American Revolution. Yep. It started off really bad because it was like, oh, shit, we're in a corner. But then the word spread and everyone was like, they're doing what? Yeah. And then they had to freaking hightail it all the way back to the East Coast. 
Hit the flank. <laughs> I mean, look at. Did you ever seriously look at and study uh, the Bundy Ranch situation? So I didn't. I, I didn't get too deep into it. That is a perfect modern example of how literally overwhelming numbers and manpower win situations. Because oh, yep. there were thousands of people and hundreds of openly armed militiamen at this single ranch in Nevada. And <laughs> the state and local police became so overwhelmed so quickly that they had literally no other option but to literally hightail it and leave and then never ask questions again. <laughs> like, I don't think people, like, truly understand the whole Bundy Ranch thing. Oregon wildlife standoff aside. Yeah. Nothing ever came of, like, 7,000 dudes with ARs and horses basically pushing out the county SWAT team and saying, go away, and they never came back. Yep. That's a crazy concept. It's back when Nevada had teeth. Teeth. Not no yep. more. Not no more. We are dwindling. Oh, man. Oh, man. What do we? It's going to be okay, though. Yeah, I mean, everything will everything <sighs> will be fine in the end. It's going to suck for a little bit, but we're going to yeah. be okay. It might suck, but it's, it's going to be all right. Like, I, I keep telling people that all the time. Like, uh, you know, Misfit Group. It's, uh, it's... It it stands it I'll I'll just say it here I'll be transparent it stands for modular systems and fighting technologies but it's really sounds cool as shit yeah it sounds pretty cool but uh we we were playing with the meme name of it might suck but f it though uh -huh. and like honestly everyone could could take that mentality like it it might suck but I mean like you'll live It'll yeah be okay. outside of getting nuked like the world's gonna be fine eventually yeah yeah you just it this is just the cycle and you just happen to be in the shitty part of the cycle yeah exactly it's, it's like, this this isn't new <laughs> yeah like the u.s wasn't going to stay hunky-dory forever yeah no maybe when we're you know in our late 40s we'll have a pretty cool life <laughs> you know <laughs> uh, but the foreseeable future probably not yeah it might be it might be a little dirty it might be a little muddy have you have you do you watch the joe rogan experience or like oh, listen yeah. to the podcast yeah, did you that. listen to that episode recently where they talked about the cobalt mining in the congo yeah, dude. That is a perfect example of like the reality of the world outside the U.S. borders. Mm -hmm. It's a mess. It's just it's like we're. I've said it like a few minutes ago. We're so lucky still. Like it's mm -hmm. it sucks. We're dealing with a lot of problems, but like I can go to a Seven Eleven and get some orange juice right now. You know, mm -hmm. like the, the it's just <laughs> societies outside of this are so messed up but like it's you got to stay positive somehow thank you, you joe rogan thank you joe rogan experience thank you joe rogan experience for becoming more and more based they i mean i he's done a great thing with his podcast yeah i mean truly he, he he's so he's almost too big to fail at this point i if think not, if not too big to fail already yeah yeah i at this point he could literally say anything and people are still gonna listen mm -hmm. but it's I think the one thing that's a little silly on on his end is just the fact that like he I don't think he really knows the weight of what he says. 
like he <laughs> he doesn't realize that like 10 million people listen to his podcast yeah yeah it's like he's just never looked at the analytics you know it's like like you have <laughs> you really have weight to what you're saying sometimes so like like especially with that whole horse tranquilizer thing i forget what it, what it was for like the the vaccines but he wasn't um, wrong about that he just he wasn't explained wrong explained no. it poorly that was the thing, yeah. And it's like when you have that much of a following, you have to explain stuff. And you can't, like, I loved when he did this, but you can't just let Alex Jones just go on and on. Dude, the Alex Jones episodes are the best. It's the best. It's the best ones. Like, I know that that's why he's, he's the doing one with it. Hit, hit the last one with him and Eddie on it. Oh, my oh, bro. gosh. <laughs> so good. I can listen to that all the time. I need you to go back and re-listen to that. You don't have the answers, Eddie. <laughs> I'm kind of retarded. <laughs> you can't say that. So no, good. I'm retarded. And they still took him to court. Yeah. They were like, give us all of the money. It's like, he admitted he's retarded. <laughs> the fact that you could sue him over that is wild. That's just wild. That doesn't make It wasn't even sense. a crime. They just took him to personal court. Yeah. It's, a, it's what, like, you, what? You, didn't, you didn't commit a crime. Now give us fifty million dollars or whatever it was. It's like what? Didn't it, didn't it like get up to a billion? It was way up. It was at a number so big that I was like, "This is this is just a joke." And Infowars is still going. Oh yeah, I, I don't think they ever plan on paying any. Of them <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> I think they're just gonna keep balling. For all Please. we know, that was part of the psyop. <laughs> probably, it probably was the psyop actually. They got so mad. They got so mad that Alex Jones told the truth. They took yeah. him. To, took him to a fake court with fake parents. <laughs> fake parents. Yeah, everyone. Everyone's fake. Imagine if he just got up during the hearing and was like, "You, you weren't there. You don't know anything. <laughs> yes, not even. This didn't even happen. I didn't. I don't remember seeing you." <laughs> he starts questioning the court. Oh, dude. And then when they they start asking him to like not chew gum, he's like, "I'm just chewing gum. I'm sorry." <laughs> It's like 30 minutes of them arguing about him chewing gum. It's like, bro, are you serious? It's it's ridiculous. It's just a big distraction, but it's funny. Taxpayer dollars. Taxpayer dollars, hard at work. Hard at work right there. Let me tell you. <laughs> screw tax dollars. <laughs> tax dollars pay me. Just burn them, dude. Just burn them at this point. Yeah, money's uh, my favorite thing is I got my fiance to fully understand that money is in fact fake. It's all fake. It's all a game that I happen money, to suck at. Money's not real. Yeah, no. The U.S. dollar literally isn't real. It's literally just the idea that we have power over oil. It's yeah. backed by nothing. Yeah, it's it's backed by literally nothing. and It's literally paper that they painted green. They were like, this gives you things. And, and that's In kind return, of, gives me things. Yeah. That's kind of, that's Use like this my, to get me stuff. Get me stuff. So that you can have stuff too. When you buy stuff, I buy stuff. But that that's kind of like my my whole argument with with Bitcoin specifically. It's like, yeah, it's it's backed by absolutely nothing. Like big Bitcoin and crypto is backed by nothing. It's just a it's a agreement. It's, yeah, it's a social understanding. That's all it is. But at least we're in charge of it. <laughs> that's why I'm like For proud now. of it. It's like at least we're in charge of it, and that's. That's okay. The, th the thing I'm afraid of with Bitcoin is that they're going to allow people to move towards Bitcoin so much. And eventually, once enough people are on Bitcoin, they're going to come along and say, all right, we're in charge of Bitcoin now. 
mm-hmm. and they can do that because they are the them. It's it's kind of and then eventually they could just shut it off and be like, "You were bad. No more no more coin for you." Right. And they already did away with cash. Right. Yeah. And then you have to use their Bitcoin. But um, it's it's funny because it's it's very hard to do now. And I I didn't make Bitcoin, so I don't know. That's the thing that I think a lot of people in the crypto space need to accept too. It's like there's a chance that a government is owning it, and and more than likely it's China. But China, <clears throat> China, um, I I have a hard time accepting that the United States wouldn't allow it because them is already making so much money off of it. Like institutional investment wise, they are making bank off of Bitcoin. And like this recession that hit, they made so much money off of it because they all shorted it. Oh, yeah. So it's like, you know, I I think it's one of those lesser than two two evils things because if they're making money off of it and we can continue to use it amongst each other, then that's fine. The problem comes into taxation. They'll probably just tax the hell out of it like they have been. Well, that, and they can just turn it off. Yeah, they, the countries can stop it. Like, I, I don't think people tr- truly fathom that. Like, if the government wants to, if you're deemed a threat, they do it to popular you know, social media figures all the time that yeah. become too much of a threat. They'll just shut you off. All of your accounts will disappear. Your bank account will be seized. Like, all of that will just be gone it's it's just a matter of like you know again the lesser of two evils it's like that can happen now too that's why i like cash like if you have literal literal cash they can't turn off cash you can't turn off my fake paper they can they can devalue it though they can't well they do that anyway <laughs> right oh they do it i mean i'm just watch the clock and it, it will devalue but Let's, let's um, what's the federal debt at? Yeah, exactly. Like the fact that can, there's just a freaking website for this is ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, my, my favorite one is um, what happened in I th- I think it's seventy two, but it's it's called what happened in nineteen seventy two dot com or it's 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 when we left the gold standard and it's just a website that just gives you a bunch of information on like why our money is completely useless. <laughs> The U.S. federal debt is, and the number continues to go up at an exorbitant rate, so bear with me. Yeah. The U.S. national debt, as it stands on December 29th, 2022, at almost 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, is $31,465,349,000,000, and a number that's going so fast that I can't use it. (laughs) Hundreds of thousands of dollars just gone at every second. I remember when COVID started and I was like, this is 22 billion or 22 trillion. Don't you guys get it? And that's almost 32 trillion. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's ridiculous. And it's been two years. But that's, that's the problem with cash. It's like, you know, if they wanted to, they can't, like you said, they can't really turn off cash, but what they can do is they can print a lot of it like at once. And all of a sudden the dollar is worth, you know, a penny. Supposedly, it's not worth anything. Actually, <laughs> so you, yeah, I was gonna say it's worth nothing. You know, negative, negative thirty-one trillion four hundred sixty-five billion dollars. <laughs> um, do you think the infamous day has the ability to just duplicate Bitcoin? Uh, so duplicate, maybe. I think you know they're already trying to make their own. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem is that 
<clears throat> Bitcoin is international. Now I understand that the dollar is too. You know, you can you can uh, go to like, um, shit. I think it's forex exchanges. Pretty sure that's what it is. Mm. Could be wrong. I only mess with crypto. But um, shit. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> do you <laughs> do you think the infamous they, whether it be the federal government? Oh, they can make what. Yeah, can they just make yeah. their own? Because your argument's always been, you know, that there's only a certain amount of Bitcoin. Right, right, right. But gotcha. do you think the infamous they can create more Bitcoin without the system knowing there is more Bitcoin? So I think they could trick people for sure. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if, like, they could fundamentally, legitimately, like, create more Bitcoins into the, to the international market. But I think they could definitely, you know, confuse american traders or american holders into thinking that they have and and i mean that would that i mean shit that probably would collapse that economy because if like the one thing that's keeping people in bitcoin is is the the fact that there's a set market cap well maybe not a market cap but volume Mm -hmm. and uh if you if you increase the volume and made it more liquid than than every reason that people have invested into that they would probably give up on so yeah that would probably successfully ruin that interesting Interesting. but i mean hey so is the dollar that's like that's also always been my argument there it's like i'm not necessarily saying that like crypto and bitcoin specifically is like the way out it's a way out for many people but not like the economy as a whole it's just a matter of kind of giving us a little bit more power as far as we know. I think we should all trade in chicken eggs. That's, well, I mean, I, I think uh, liquidity would be a problem and volume. What would the could, market cap be? Because then, cause then <laughs> I mean, let's say, you know, 10 dudes start off with chickens. Yeah. And then 10 more dudes get chickens. Okay, well, now you just got to give more eggs for to buy things. Right. And but if, then what if you break eggs? Who's who's making uh who's who who has like a spreadsheet of how many eggs have been broken? As Dave. in like do you mean do you <laughs> Dave, can you pull it up? Yeah. You mean like do you mean literally broken as in the egg is like an omelet now? Or do yeah, you mean... like you like you drop the egg or something. It's like, well that's one that you can't get back. Yeah, so eggs that's are out just, of circulation. Eggs are a one time currency. <laughs> You if if your if your chickens made seven <laughs> eggs today, that's how many eggs you have. And once you give away those seven eggs, they're gone forever. The receiver of those seven eggs is required by law to make scrambled or fried eggs. They cannot retrade those eggs. Bitcoin miners just get an egg bro, or a chicken. What are you talking about? Yeah, just get chicken. Everybody get just needs chickens. I was gonna say get Wait, an never- egg factory. Like <laughs> that's just a farm <laughs> i mean imagine if everybody just traded in eggs nobody would be hungry and we wouldn't have to worry about inflation can i you just give people more eggs can i offer you an egg in this trying time <laughs> i'm gonna have to pay my energy bill in 487 eggs yeah you can't <laughs> you gotta get your your like energy company's like sh- shipping um, address and you gotta send them a truck of eggs just to keep the lights on. But but if you think about it, we're, we're way off topic. But if you think about it, if you really, truly look down to the principles of currency, <laughs> eggs could work. 
<laughs> but you have you have too many you have too many entering and exiting liquidity. I don't know if you can it do it. Doesn't that matter. Story. It's just eggs. <laughs> Egg. <laughs> like if 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 like whatever. Let's we could set it a random standard. Forty five eggs equals a month's worth of electricity. If you go to work and you know someone agrees to pay you five eggs an hour to work. You don't have to go home and raise chickens for eggs. You, you're getting eggs. How would you, how would you buy chickens with eggs? <laughs> so you're buying an egg machine with, with eggs. eggs. Yes. <laughs> Return on investment instantly. <laughs> I'm saying, man. Or you could keep the if if everybody's eggs were fertilized because everybody had to have a rooster. <laughs> Then everybody, everybody could just hatch their own chickens. You know, I hate how this market is making more and more sense. I think we should switch to eggs. <laughs> different eggs could be worth different amounts. Like good, good, you know, well-rounded brown eggs are worth more. Small little blue quail eggs are worth less. You know, like it wouldn't matter. You see this egg? Genuine ostrich. Genuine ostrich egg. That's a year's worth of electricity. <laughs> We we ain't got any shortages anymore. We got I, eggs. I, that's what I'm saying. Everybody and, and think about it. Every corner of this planet has chickens. Everybody's on the same currency. Screw it. I'm on borders. Yeah, I'm with it at this point. I can't think of a single reason logically why eggs is not the answer <laughs> for everything. <laughs> and it has nothing to do with the fact that I have 24 chickens. Everyone's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, how are we going to stop Russia and Ukraine? Jeremy out in Kentucky is like, egg! Eggs! <laughs> Everything is eggs. Hold on, how many chickens do you have? 24. 24 chickens? Yeah. No wonder you're you're the Federal Reserve. <laughs> <laughs> you are inflation. And I, and I have roosters, so I could literally just have, I could make endless amounts of chickens. It's going to get off the podcast and be like, all right, babe, I, I started the inception. I think we're going to change the economy. <laughs> Things are looking up. Imagine if you come us. back. Imagine if you come back on in 2024 and you're like, this son of a bitch did it. He really did it. The entire economy is eggs. I've got $200,000, but I don't have any fucking eggs, Jeremy. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> My Roth IRA is useless. You're poor listeners. This has been the wildest episode they probably listened to. Yeah, I think we we went up on the last one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that, okay, oh, so here's a better question for you on the eggs thing. Okay. There's, there's absolutely no reason we should continue this conversation, but I'm sure it's going to be funny when we listen to it later. Of course. I'm going to get hammered and listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> If if the basis of currency is eggs, okay, does that make trading chickens a greater oh, form of currency? A currency too. <laughs> well, then what would a? Oh, dude, I'm with this. This is this is a true circulating supply. This is what I'm saying. Eggs make chickens. Chicken, dude. All right. Can I buy a chicken with a certain amount of eggs in order to increase my own egg production? If I saved my eggs diligently. Can you buy a rooster with a certain amount of, of, of hens? Yeah. Can I go to the rooster dude and be like, I got three hens and you need to make more roosters. So here's some ladies for your roosters to hang out with. But I need a rooster to make more hens. 
I'm going to map this up, and next episode on my podcast, this is what it's going to be about. <laughs> Just the entire episode <laughs> is the true economic structure of trading chickens and eggs. What came first, the chicken or the egg? That's the, exactly. You know I guess came, in economic you know came, terms. You know who came first? The rooster. <laughs> Got him! <laughs> And then he uh, crossed the road. He crossed the road. That's hit, why he crossed the road. Got hit by Elizabeth Warren's husband. <laughs> or Nancy Pelosi's husband. That's who it is. Yeah, Nancy Pelosi's, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, now that we've just pole voted off the deep end. Yeah, now that we've exhausted everyone. Yeah. There, there's no way I have listeners right now. The true ones are here. This is yeah. the real ones. I sat down today and started making a detailed business plan on opening a brick and mortar real estate property here in Kentucky. Dang. And then I came on this podcast tonight to talk about the evolution of egg currency. Of course. <laughs> this dude doesn't sit down, bro. Damn. Yeah. What, what is sit? I know. I know. How many eggs does that pay me? <laughs> you have to put that up in the contract. You have to pay me in eggs. <laughs> Very fine print at the very bottom. So is there a cap to how many chickens we can have? I'm just <laughs> I guess not. I mean, just... See, but then this isn't truly uh, decentralized. This is centralized because now we need a government to tell us how many chickens we can have. No. Nope. Never mind. No yep. rules. No rules. You you write. We, we just figure it out as we go. Imagine how many eggs would be in each household. It'd be Nobody would be hungry. Well, that's true. That is true. Yeah, no one would go hungry. If even the poor were given eggs. <laughs> like you'd what? have to put you'd have to put like safe locks on the fridge. <laughs> like what what do what, what do the poor use with their money? Either buy drugs or buy food. Right. Well now you don't need to buy food because you got eggs. <laughs> well no, they don't need to buy food because they got drugs. <laughs> or, or that. <laughs> Eggs, I don't need that. Give me my heroin. Give me my heroin. <laughs> Here's those ten brown eggs. Give me my heroin. This ain't the brown that I wanted. What are you doing? Oh shit! He just run away. <laughs> he gave me tough eggs. Stop him! Imagine the narcs. How the narcs would work out. They would have to carry eggs with them from now on. People would get busted selling little wooden eggs that they painted. <laughs> Fake eggs. They got like cardboard eggs. I've got little. I've got little trainer eggs that I use to teach my chickens where they needed to lay eggs. They look just like normal eggs. And we're arming the IRS, dude. This is just a nightmare waiting to happen. <laughs> we need to come in and, and count your <laughs> eggs. You, now you need to register your farm. Now you have. <laughs> 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 Oh man, I can't wait for some of my serious listeners who like come here to learn and whatnot to listen to this. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the learning no, times. Is... No, no, you're learning for sure. <laughs> who is Max? Why are they talking about chickens? <laughs> <laughs> you know where you know where we could keep all of the eggs? Where? Wisconsin. <laughs> no. <laughs> 
Now we gotta get the Vatican involved. This is the worst. The Vatican involved in everything, dude. Situation. It wouldn't be a true currency if the Pope didn't know. <laughs> we need to we need to print more eggs. Get the Pope on the line. Get the Pope on the line. See, that's funny because no one gets that joke unless they've listened to that episode. <laughs> exactly. No now, one gets that. Now everybody has to go to the uh, the Undesirable Individuals podcast and play every single episode until yep. you find the joke about Wisconsin. Just until you, just so you can get this stupid joke, and then you can come back and be like, <laughs> that's it. A little bit of dopamine. How many episodes do you have now? Uh, that's a good question, actually. Let me, uh... Are you on to season three? I think you're on season three. I think you wrapped up season two and they kind of turned business. Yeah, so we, uh, the the podcast, like, again, I'm I'm getting more transparent with people. It it just started making me feel shitty. Like, I just, I I was... Honestly, Chris Giraldo, um, posted on, like, his story one day. He was like, everyone's just getting angry at stuff together. Mm Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, dude, he's right. Like, that's that's all I'm doing. I'm just getting angry with people. Chris and is a realist. He, I mean, well, well, you know, the flat earth thing's a little. Yeah, that part's a little. <laughs> I, I retract that statement. Like, yeah, but, no, I love Chris, dude, but he's no, a little, he's I, a little out there. I'd love to have him on my show so we could talk about that because I, I would like to learn more a little bit. I don't know if I believe it, but I, I you know, we, we stopped doing it like halfway through season two. We were we were like, well, okay, I guess I guess we're just not doing this anymore. Like Dave is on his own thing; he's doing his own stuff, and like he's he's not disappeared. Like I I do want to let people know that for Dave's listeners, gone. yeah, for listeners of uh like the we Polar Connection. Eggs. Yeah, exactly. We had to. He he counts my eggs now. He uh <laughs> he lives in a cellar that is thirty degrees twenty four seven. Organizing eggs, eggs by size. Yeah, organizing yeah. eggs. And he gives me a spreadsheet every day. <laughs> but um, in terms of eggs, we have no eggs. We have no eggs. I dropped all of them. <laughs> when we come when we come back with the podcast, it's going to be more seriously. Seriously. <laughs> Serious. Um, we're going to talk about stuff that matters. And the schedule's kind of gone. So that sucks. But when I got time, I'll do it. It'll be more fun. <laughs> it's not going to be. Well, let's get sad this this week. <laughs> I mean, I mean, hell, I mean, you know, uh, managing the podcast on a schedule can get kind of difficult. It's so hard, and when you try and get guests involved, like I obviously I appreciate you bringing me on, but it's just hard. And and you know, even tonight we had a scheduling thing, and it's mm-hmm. like, bro, it just gets so difficult. Like, so I feel you. Um, but we'll, we'll be we'll be coming back, and it'll be it'll be good. We'll actually teach people stuff. Honestly, I don't think there's any, like, actually serious topics we can discuss now after the whole chicken thing. Yeah, after that, I, I, the people left. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if, if we have listeners, they're – yeah, it's, it's a whole mess right now. <laughs> do you do you think we're going to see a break from the, uh, the band spams on Instagram this coming year, or do you think it's just going to be a continuous thing? <clears throat> oh, man, it's going to be continuous. And and the reason it's going to be continuous is just because you have to, like, look at what, like, system is causing it. <clears throat> and it's it's AI-based. Um, and it's funny because AI is not based at all. No, uh, very much the opposite. Yeah, completely opposite. I don't, I don't know what the – cringe. <laughs> it is cringe, in fact. Very cringe. <clears throat> but – um. 
I think it's just going to keep happening. Like, I I know of one individual that just today had to make a new uh, Instagram because they got banned again, but he's getting banned nonstop. Is he using an iPhone? Yes. He's got to get off the iPhone. That's what I had to do. You got to get off the iPhone. Well, homie got like nine iPhones. No, it doesn't matter. It, yeah. what I, I think I think what it turned out to be is if he's not using a different iPhone with a different um, IP, right? IP with a different. This was the big thing I think that got me with a signing in with a different like iTunes account or whatever the hell it's called. Oh, the cloud your, thing. Your, app, yeah. your Apple ID. It'll get you. Because well, I mean, I, what I've come to realize is your Apple ID stores all of your information from every device that you log into while your Apple ID is logged in. Oh, that's why you can. Okay. Uh, that's why you can sign in to apps on other iPhones if your Apple ID is logged in and pull all the old information. Gotcha. That makes sense. So then Instagram just goes, "Oh, this dumbass thought we wouldn't notice he got a new phone." Brand him. Brand him immediately. <laughs> Traitor. Traitor. Take his eggs. He's saying that COVID was bad. Brand him. Brand him. To the state. <clears throat> yeah, but I think I think it's gonna keep happening. Um like I, I hate to I hate to say it, but like everyone just watch what you say. You know, like it's it's if if you're playing the game, you gotta play the game. Yeah, that's kind of what I've come to realize is you just yeah. You just gotta play the game, and I don't really use much hashtags anymore. And if I do, it's not related to the Second Amendment. It's related Airsoft. to literally anything else. I, I tag airsoft, and first of all, outreach—that's good for people because if people are into true. airsoft, they're probably into guns. They want to get into guns, so this is true. you know, preparedness pages definitely start doing hashtag airsoft. Mm. Might help, or not? I don't know. Or not? You know, we, I mean, really, we don't know. Yeah, we don't know. Well, I'm, I'm talking out of my butt. Well, is there anything else that you would like to discuss? <clears throat> I think that's that pretty much covers it, man. This this is this has gone way, way different than I thought this was going to. Well, I hate not to that, end it. I like not, talking to you. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, hell, we can talk as long as we want. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just at this point, like, I. The whole egg thing is just <laughs> we, we, we don't want to foreshadow it entire you know our entire conversation, but I think we should start looking into this egg thing. <laughs> <laughs> I will definitely be willing to support this movement. I just, I, I just hashtag just replace the dollar with the egg. <laughs> I just can't see a way that it fails. I just don't and I've never heard of an egg shortage. <laughs> no, I mean, we're kind of in an egg shortage right now. That's why yeah, we are. Yeah. Supply and demand. See? Exactly. Now Supply things cost... Logistics. Things, <laughs> things cost less eggs because eggs are worth more. I don't know why, but when you said less eggs, it still caught me <laughs> off guard that we're using eggs as a currency. <laughs> and oh, then, that's right. And now since we're in a period of time where we don't need as many eggs, you can either A, eat more eggs yourself, or kill one of your hens and eat it. <laughs> now you have less egg production, so you have less waste. Good, good times create more eggs. <laughs> more eggs creates... creates I uh, am going to meme the shit out of that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, more eggs creates hard times. Hard times create more eggs. Hard times create more eggs. 
Or oh, less eggs. Man. Less eggs. Less eggs creates. Hard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, less eggs is just bad for everyone. I'm gonna I'm gonna do the circle later. Not on here. <laughs> so on my computer desk right in front of me, I have this little this thing my fiance's mom got me for Christmas. Me and and my fiance. Mm-hmm. It's this little apron with about 70 different types of chickens on it, and it has little pockets where you can put the eggs when you collect the eggs. <laughs> it's like a little farmer's apron. Dude, that's like, that's like <laughs> in in our form of, you know, economic society, that's like wearing an 18-carat chain. Someone's just going <laughs> to run up and <laughs> jack all your eggs. <laughs> How would you transport eggs all the time? We can't have wallets anymore. Oh, and that's you can't, true. You can't carry them in your pocket like loose change. You wouldn't everyone, be able to carry them. Everyone would need like an egg cart that you would have. To, and, and at that point, that's a good argument for open carry because, I mean, everyone's got to protect their eggs. Satch, ran up satchels on? and fanny packs. Satchels of eggs. Yeah. A flat pack of eggs. Briefcases. Bring back briefcases. There you go. Now we're talking, dude. I'm 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 rocking the man purse. Then you can carry your submachine gun with your eggs. The, just just don't drop them. <laughs> 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 All right. Yeah, well, we should kill this. Yeah. <laughs> Max, this has been fun, been dude. Fun. But I have just lost at this point of what the hell's going on. <laughs> I this whatever. It's whatever. This is care. this is what happens when you're friends with one of us. <laughs> It's if you're a person that ever finds my stuff in the future, you'd be like, "What happened that episode?" <laughs> yeah, they want to go back and like go through, go through like the the history or whatever. It's like, oh wow, Pope eggs, eggs, bro. I'm listening to this guy. Wisconsin, really? Vatican? What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I've already ruined all credibility for me on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I gotta go to Wisconsin through the Vatican? To get eggs? What are you talking eggs? about? Did the Why would I need to call this? the Pope? For Wisconsin. <laughs> Wisconsin. <laughs> I live in Wisconsin. No, you don't. <laughs> you think who told, you do. who told you that? Those that make <laughs> eggs? <laughs> Liars? You got you got eggs in Wisconsin? And you, someone's lying to someone's you. Someone's lying to you. Look out your door, dude. You're in Italy. <laughs> Go outside, bro. Go outside, man. <laughs> Go, Go touch grass. You're a basement dweller of the Pope's house. <laughs> this right. shouldn't be funny. Okay. <laughs> this shouldn't be funny. This doesn't make sense. This makes perfect sense. In economics, this makes sense. We've already explained that it makes more sense than our current economic structure. Yeah, uh, our current structure makes no sense. Oh, <laughs> all right. Well, yeah. 30 Would minutes you... of eggs. We'll stop. Yeah, we'll stop there. <laughs> Would you like to give any shout outs or talk anymore on this fit group? Uh, yeah, man. So shout outs. Uh, always my girlfriend. She's been really helping me through this entire process of transitioning over, over to the business. So thanks, babe. Um, my parents, they are supporting the situation now, and they'll probably listen to this, so that's pretty silly. Uh, took took my dad shooting, and now he's, like, all about it. So that's funny. <clears throat> um, obviously, shout-out to Tanner. Shout-out to uh, my little Misfit Fire team, Dave, Tanner. Uh, that's about it. Uh, 
shout out to to you guys definitely i know that doesn't have to go you know with saying but you and your group uh close friends of mine so love y'all and uh i'll just finish off with check out misfitgroup.com msftgroup.com check me out on instagram and enjoy the uh the mess <laughs> hell yeah guys go check out misfit group regardless of the egg conversation uh, Max is doing great <laughs> stuff, so go check him out. We're uh, we are going to be pushing out a, a newsletter pretty soon. Um, and I know a lot of people aren't really a fan of newsletters; they don't want spam. But we're we're going to do our best to try and like really cater it to specific like topics. And then with the newsletter, we're going to have videos that work together. So check that out. Sign up for the newsletter, and yeah. that's all I got for you, man. Awesome. Well, I, I don't want to give any shout-outs because I don't want to associate anybody with this egg conversation. <laughs> Tanner and Dave agree. I, I'll speak for them. So. Well, Max, thank you for coming on, man. This, this you, went brother. different than we expected, but this was a good episode. Ah, this is exactly what we expected. This is Come what on. we needed. This was, yeah. this, this was good for our mental health. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Everything's going to be okay, everyone. Yeah, Everything I'll finish it with that. is going to be okay. That's all I've got, guys, for episode 15, Training Culture in 2023. As always, guys, train hard, train often. Tell me turn it down and I'ma only turn up louder. Call me what you wanna, but you can't call me no coward. Strength in numbers, we the people, still the ones with power. Fighting fire with fire, time to take back what is ours. Tell me turn it down and